0: This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with
1: Rick and Dave. Let go of my onion, Dad. Solving a blues clue. An Auschwitz amusement park? Mr. Cub. And Rick's Brush with Mary Tyler
0: Moore. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is
1: coming up right now.
2: The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia Man, Man with Rick and Dave.
0: Welcome to Minutia Man with Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. As media critic Robert Feeder says, the show features Kemper and Stern sharing stories and drawing on their vast treasures of worthless information. Hence the title. And I think that sums it up nicely.
1: It does, Rick, and uh I think the listeners should know that you're our pilot for this adventure. Right I am. You think? I am. You're you're the Ernst Lehman of Minutiaman. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> uh Ernst Lehman was the pilot of the Hindenburg, Rick. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so nice. you are the you're the Ernst Lehman of Minutia
0: Men. So, uh, I, I, I don't want to say that that disturbs me that you know the name of the pilot of the Hindenburg, but it does disturb me. However, it fits in the category of minutiae, and that's what we promise the people, and that's what we
1: deliver. Right. And right right out of the box, it's minutia. Okay. Um, I'm having a little issue just right now with my computer. Please hold when I fix this. Hold on, please. Okay. okay.
0: Dave is working uh, on his computer. We are having uh, some experiencing some
1: technical difficulties, as uh, we are wont to do. I am Googling right now our first piece of minutiae. And <laughs> okay. to give you just a little bit of idea what it's about, um, it is I'm Googling son and father fight over an onion.
0: Okay, well, so, while you're Googling, I'm going to hit the audio clip that uh, lets people know what they're about to hear.
1: This okay. week's minutiae
0: with Rick and Dave. Okay, so have you found Okay, it?
1: everything's fine. All right. Uh, first piece of minutiae, Rick, on this uh, January or on this February 1st. Yeah. Um, father and son fight over an onion. And this comes out of uh, uh, Dateline Battle Creek, Michigan. I believe this might be our first michigan story it could be it? home battle- of kellogg's say that again home of kellogg's battle creek yeah, michigan yeah, right. and new um, minutia for you uh what, is there a is there a college in battle creek uh no i well western michigan's in kalamazoo and that's nearby okay um i had a customer loss in printing when i sold paper in battle creek michigan <laughs> See, there you go. (laughs) Battle Creek police arrested a father, 55, and his son, 29, after they fought Sunday over an onion. Officials (laughs) said they were called at 407 to their home. Uh, They were were called by another relative who said that the father assaulted his son. Both men live in the house, and the son said his father receives food stamps but sells them for crack cocaine. Who doesn't? All right. right. You had me, and then you lost me. Know, funny story about an onion
0: i was preparing jokes about the 29 year old still living at home with his dad then he dipped into the food stamps and then you dipped you into know, the crack cocaine and now it's not funny anymore
1: you know what if i wouldn't have said it it would have been alternative facts i would have i would have been a biased media right <laughs> okay. okay uh so evidently um this has been a dispute that has gone on quite a bit in this uh in this disharmonious um household yeah um and the fathers actually brought it up a lot. So uh, his dad um, became, or his dad took an onion. His son became angry, and hence the uh, that's uh, hence the, the fighting. Now, this kind of hits home a little bit to me. Do you remember the onion roll story from college, Rick?
0: I do remember the onion roll story, and I was hoping you're going to go there because I'm sure our listeners are going. What in the world is he telling this story for?
1: Right, right. It has nothing to do with these two, no. these two morons in Battle Creek. It's about me. We Everything call this about-
0: in the business. We call this the setup.
1: <laughs> okay. So why don't you, t- t- uh, from what you remember? So this is what nineteen six, A- five, A- eighty
0: five. I'm going to say, yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, m- maybe the most violent <laughs> I have ever seen, Dave. My my pacifist buddy dave my minutia yeah. that's
1: why i bawled rick it's yeah. because of gandhi
0: yeah i mean he 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 gets uh he gets a little chippy a little angry at times but yeah. never really lashes out in violence yeah um and the one time that i remember uh a violent dave was over an onion roll Mm-mm. and uh, this was uh, at a party if i'm not mistaken
1: yeah, very was it, good, good and we had people
0: yeah. over there uh, uh, and uh, our roommate, Steve Quinn, had a package of onion rolls. Now, right. this was an unusual event to have actual food in our house, because <laughs> yeah. even though we had three refrigerators, they had so much frost on them <laughs> that there wasn't really room to put anything in the freezers or in the yeah. refrigerator. So we generally didn't have any food. We would go out to Taco Bell or something or Taco John's right. or right. Wonder Dogs right. and have, you know, a dollar lunch. That's basically Feast. how. It, yeah. And we ate lunch around 5 p.m. <laughs> when we woke up. So it was really breakfast. Right. Basically. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, um, so it, you take it from there because I, I, that's that's about the best. I remember that that Steve was upset about
1: the onion <laughs> roll. And then what happened? Well, you're right. We were we were we were having like a housewarming party for this and that just gives you to, why would we be um, actually advertising to our friends that we were living in this hellhole. In squalor. Yeah. This absolute god awful place. Yeah. But we was like, hey, let's have a party. So we had a you know a housewarming party, uh invited all the we were huge, we were very popular back. Oh, in college,
0: Champagne right. Urbana's is Premier Funny Man.
1: Right. So had a lot of people over the the, the glitter eye of champagne. <laughs> the glitterate uh right uh and um so uh, you know it was a big party and um i was in the basement where the kitchen was and all great architects put the kitchen in the basement (laughs) right right yeah um and um there was a package of onion rolls steve's onion rolls and you're right they were lawfully steve's onion rolls um and another friend came down um we'll call him Paul because that's actually his name. Yeah. Who is now a highfalutin uh, pollster in Washington. Yeah. Uh, who, so she's, you know, he's, he's a very smart guy. Yeah. He could do so math. So he asked me, Hey, Hey Dave, can I have one of these onion rolls? Um, and rather than saying, you know, those are Steve's onion rolls. And I'd really, I'd really need to ask him <laughs> if you can have an onion roll. I said, sure, go ahead. What could possibly happen? Uh, well well steve came down and uh saw that i was distributing his his baked goods to people without his knowledge uh and he wasn't particularly happy about it uh now were you down in the basement when this was happening i was
0: okay and my memory of it is that um, well there's really nothing that would anger steve who <laughs> is another pacifist uh Except for somebody taking his food, because his food was very important to him. Right, right. It, it, yeah, it was. Uh, and onion yeah, rolls was- in particular—that's an extravagance. When you get an onion roll, it's not just like you know some pickles or something. This is no. you—you've yeah. gone out to the store, you've purchased a baked good of some kind. I mean, it's not baked, I guess, but you know, it's bread. Whatever. A- yeah. And and
1: it's uh, and it's fancy bread, right? It is. Yeah, we were uh, yeah, we we were like uh, what's the we were very cosmic, or Steve was very cosmopolitan yes that day. Right. He had onion rolls. Uh, and if I remember correctly, they weren't the crappy Eisner brand. Oh no, onion, were, they were like the into onion rolls. Top I mean they were top the of the line onion rolls. <laughs> uh, so Steve comes down and just starts ripping me a new one from giving away his onion roll. Uh, and I just remember in his rant, he's like, well, what's next? Are you just going to give away my st- my stereo, you know, here, Dave, here's $5. Give it to anybody you want. And, uh, and that didn't sit well with me because I was thinking that he was overreacting. Um, and the fight escalated to a point, And I believe this is the only time in my life I've ever done this. I actually lunged at him with my, my hands clenched and I went for his neck. I'm not kidding. I really, I, I, I I, was I was, I was. I was trying to kill him. I was trying to kill him over the onion roll, and this was all while Paul was just watching, eating his onion roll. Let let the record show. Paul did not stop eating the onion roll. He continued. No, to eat the uh, onion roll. he he figured if he didn't eat it quick, it was going to be taken away. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, um, so that is the onion roll story. So, while the father and the son fighting over an onion, is it a great story? It's it leads into what I. It was one of my favorite stories of college was just me being completely irrational and no crack cocaine no was crack. involved in the telling yeah. of this story yeah that's or right the, no the crack,
0: crack and and no 29 year old sons living there in fact you were yourself only
1: 22 or so at the time yeah <laughs> steve was 20 oh, by the way steve uh is retired now i know so i know he uh he got past the onion roll thing pretty well
0: you know, I have some minutia regarding another Steve, maybe not quite as famous as Champagne Urbana's Steve Quinn, um, but Steve from Blue's Clues. Do you remember last week we were talking about uh, kids' shows? Because mm-hmm. I think what happened was I was talking about how I didn't even care anymore about the kids' shows for my youngest son, but I was really into it with my older two. Yeah,
1: and I, think I'm, and I think I mentioned how I actually told one of my 11-year-old daughters, who was like seven at the time, to stop talking to me about my little pony because i really don't care right right yeah. but you do care
0: about steve from blues clues because as we discovered this week since our last broadcast uh that uh, steve is still around and we mm-hmm. did some research and he, he was quoted as saying this is the reason he left blues clues because that was traumatic in 2002 when he left blues clues my two sons uh, tommy and johnny were crestfallen because joe who was played, yeah. p- played by Donovan Patton. Uh it was a poor man, Steve. He was no Steve. He was Let's no Steve. be honest. Nope. 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 Anyway, this is the reason why Steve left Blue's Clues. He said, I knew I wasn't going to be doing a children's television all my life, mostly because I refused to lose my hair on a kid's TV show, and it was <laughs> happening fast. The day following the filming of his final episode of the show, he shaved his head. And Dave, uh, I don't know if, if our all listeners all know this. Dave is the uh, author of the balding handbook,
1: five stages of grieving for your hair loss. The most important book ever written available on Amazon. Yeah. Um, so I, um, reached out to Steve from, uh, Steve Burns is his name. I don't know. Did you mention his last name? Yeah, Steve Burns. I, I think so. And, um, I mentioned to him that I had written this book. So I reached out to him on Twitter, uh, I would imagine he responded to me in like four seconds, okay? And he said he, he wants a copy of the book. He, he was laughing about it. Well, I don't know if he was laughing, but he was making the little laughing emoticons. Yeah. So, that means he's laughing, right? Yeah. That's internet laughing. Yeah. And he's now one of my followers, and he, on, on, it, on the way to him right now, is a signed copy of the Baldy Handbook. That's, so. a,
0: that's, that's, a, that's a heartwarming story. And if if you're curious about what Steve is doing these days, he's out there uh, making music. He's a musician and he is coming out with a kid's album, I guess, but there's a, uh, look him up, uh, type in Steve Burns, Huffington Post. There's an article in there and tell you everything about him. And I think think he's making a fortune doing voiceovers too, isn't he? Yeah. He's a voiceover actor. Right. Yeah. but just discussing Blues Clues, I brought it up here at uh, dinner at my house the other night, and and Tommy and Johnny both were discussing it, and Johnny reminded me that there is a movie review that he did on John Landecker's show back when you know I was still John's producer. John was a movie critic for Channel 11 on uh, Bob Surratt's show on Chicago Tonight. And so John thought it would be a funny bit if I had my young sons at the time do reviews, movie reviews, of kids' movies. And, you know, they were they were kids. They were very young. In fact, I think this re- review I'm going to play for you right now, Johnny was ex- exactly three years old. So you're listening to a three-year-old doing a movie review, and, and you'll see how much a part of our life Blue's Clues was because he is wearing a shirt <laughs> That has the blues clues, and he, and he will refer to them in this review of Monsters Inc. It's only a minute long. I just thought I'd play it for everybody. There it is. What, what is your name, young man?
2: Johnny.
0: Johnny. He's a half pint movie critic. Isn't that right?
2: I have Blue and, and Silver and Pale.
0: Yes, you do have Blue and Shovel and Pale on your shirt. That's very nice. Now, what movie did we see, Johnny?
2: Uh, um, Monsters Inc.
0: And what did you think of it?
2: Fun. Because I wasn't scared of it. I think we can see it again tomorrow. Grover's son, uh, he has a pink nose.
0: Now, if you had to give it a rating, would you give it one star, two star, three stars, or four stars? How many stars? Four. Would you tell all the other kids in school to go see it?
2: Mm, Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit. Now it's Grover's turn.
0: <laughs> Grover? <laughs> Grover, what did you think of the movie? Fine. Okay, thanks. That has been the review from...
2: Johnny Kempfer.
0: And you are the Half Pint Movie Critic.
2: The Half Pint Movie Critic.
0: That's Johnny Kempfer. Oh, <laughs> he's a
1: cute little guy. Yeah,
0: he's 18 years old now. And, in fact, he's at college, uh, so...
1: But that was doesn't kind of make it sad when I I have been going and cleaning out um, old videos from my hard drive on my Mac, and I'm getting you know a lot of little kid videos that I'm (laughs) actually deleting a lot of them. Uh, Kind (laughs) of makes me sad when I see them all little like that.
0: I would like to I would like to thank John though for making me do those movie reviews because you know I have them in my iPod and they they just show up occasionally. You know, oh, you know, like, great. you know, after ACDC shook me all night long and before yeah. paperback writer, all of a sudden I'll hear a movie review from Johnny Kempfer or Tommy Kempfer.
1: Right. So. Yeah, I, yeah. I got big balls going right into uh, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Tommy doing. Uh, you know, blue screen, yeah. Joe Walsh. Uh, I like big tits. Followed by. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, Mother Day, the Mother's Day Serenade by Johnny, Tommy, and Sean. Uh, uh, all right. Oh, well, that's nice. Well, you know, it's very it's, – and your book, Father Knows Nothing, yeah. is a wonderful uh, – a, a, oh, you know, a wonderful Where's that rem- available? It is available Ed, on Amazon. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And I've got quite a few in the basement. So, so it's also Eckhart's
0: available at, at Eckhart's press 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 Right. Okay.
1: Uh, it is. And uh, you know what? I think we'll even put it on sale. We'll have a podcast sale right after we get off here.
0: Hey, you know what? I think I have a a, a audio clip that, that refers to this. Hang on one second.
2: Time now for Rick and Dave to both share
0: a story or two about things going on in their lives.
2: Involving the kids, the wives, or, or both. both.
0: And now, Rick and Dave. Okay, so there it is. A family story involving the kids or wives or both. <clears throat> and that's our family story for this week. I believe you have some minutia.
1: Well, Rick... It's, what, 16 minutes into the podcast? Uh,
0: Yeah, 1707 I got online.
1: um, Have we mentioned Nazis yet? (laughs) (laughs) It's a good transition from the little kid stuff. No. (laughs) Yeah, right. This is just like your iPod. Yeah. Uh, Holocaust game room shut amid outcry. Okay. A Czech company has stopped selling tickets to its Auschwitz-themed escape room. After facing fierce criticism for casting as a game, the experience of the Holocaust victims in one of World War II's most notorious concentration camps. Wow. Um, yeah. In a statement posted Friday to the Prague-based, uh, dostan zivens I don't know website, yeah. this company the company said it was originally designed the game to draw attention to the atrocities of the Auschwitz of Auschwitz, but it acknowledged that. Eh. Maybe the backlash is a little understandable. <laughs> uh, so basically, like, what this is—come is. on, who, who came I, up with it, this idea? It's—it's it's a game. It's called Escape from Auschwitz, um, and basically, what you are—you're in a room um, that looks like a concentration. I don't know. I you know what they didn't really go in details. I don't know if this is a barracks or whatever. And you have to escape the room. It's a maze of some sort, and you go into teams. You compete with other teams to, to, you know, and whoever, you know, gets out of the themed room in the shortest period of time, I don't know, wins. That or is terrible. Uh, the, now, listen to this. And this is so abhorrent. In marketing its Auschwitz simulation, the company enticed customers to get this play an interesting escape game with your friends and put yourself in the shoes of the victims of the auschwitz concentration camp last shower will await you wow but there's a difference you can get out of this room alive can you this is just you know uh, sean
0: is my youngest son sean is 14 now he's in eighth grade and he's studying the holocaust in school mm-hmm. in fact they went to the holocaust museum in skokie i think it is yeah have, have you been there you know what i haven't i haven't um, been there either but the, they read a book about the holocaust and then they had to write an essay and the essay like i had an essay test about it and the essay question was would you have survived the holocaust and how
1: yeah. and sean's answer was no would yeah. not have <laughs> would not have uh well they have you been to the holocaust museum in washington
0: Yes, I have been there. That's that's quite a, a uh, an emotional
1: experience. Well, we took my mom there. Ooh. Um yeah, and um you know, she was okay. I mean, she uh those Germans. Yeah. And the, <laughs> it's hard to break through. I know. Uh I know. and but but I think with the Holocaust Museum in Washington, if I remember correctly, when you enter in there, don't you get an ID? from yeah. somebody yeah. and then at the end you find out if they had lived or they have died um, um, on a lighter note it yeah. was horrible there's okay, nothing lighter <laughs> yeah, uh, for, uh, I did a little, a little um, research and um, this is not the only tasteless taste uh, amusement park themed ride or themed um, area in the world in fact there's quite a few of them I'm dying Um, to hear this. Okay. One of these is not true. One of these is fake. But the rest of them are right. And what do I got? I got one, two, three, four, five. So four of these are real. And one of them is fake. And I'm going to see if you can figure out which is the fake one. Okay. Okay. This is Alberto, Mexico. This is in Alberto, Mexico. Park y Colberto. Trying to cross the border from Mexico into the United States can be a dangerous and deadly experience, <laughs> and the inspiration for an awesome theme park. <laughs> this is on the Mexican side, okay? Hold it. Yes, yeah, right. Right. yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, patrons for just eighteen dollars can travel down to uh, this this uh, park um, and experience what it really is like to to get into the United States illegally. Um, it's called the attraction is called the hike. And uh, it provides visitors with an authentic border crossing experience. Visitors travel seven and a half miles, accompanied by about 100 staff members who pose as coy- coyotes in ski-, ski masks, border agents, drug smugglers, and guides. Okay.
0: All right. I think that one's real.
1: Okay. Bonbon land. Bonbon land in Denmark. Uh, where you can ride the fart dog switchback, <laughs> the rubbish dump, and the skidmark roller coaster. <laughs> o- originally created by a Danish candy man maker in 1992.
0: <laughs> of course, you can see the candy, op- obvious
1: candy right. tie-ins. Right. This family-friendly, okay, you, you can you tell I did the quotation marks, yeah. park covers 34 acres of attractions and X-rated sculptures, while <laughs> Disneyland boasts Mickey Mouse. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, While Disneyland boasts Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck at Bon Bon Land, you'll find Henry, the farting dog, the center of attention. He's the he's the he's the main guy. And instead of uh, parades down Main Street, you can expect to find a huge projectile vomiting rat, seagulls defecating into an alligator's mouth and a cow with large breasts.
0: Wow. Okay. okay, that has to be true, or you're a sick. You're a sicko. Uh,
1: the main ride, the dog fart switchback, carries carriage, uh, sees carriages, whiz riders over vast mounds of fake dog excrement, okay. While, okay ap- while amplified <laughs> fart sounds boom from the speakers. All right. All right. Uh-uh. So those are both real in my mind. Okay. Shiwago Wangle Nori Kangwan. Okay. Obviously, I did not say that correctly. Um, in Korean, that translates to the Supreme Ruler's Fun Park. <laughs> okay, and this is in Rosin, North Carolina. This is in North Carolina. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, North Korea. I'm sorry, <laughs> North Korea. No, North Korea. <laughs> wow. Now that would be funny, wouldn't it? Okay. But North Korea, uh, located about 250 kilometers from the Imperial Palace. The Supreme Ruler's Fun Park boasts 25 attractions, boasting the achievements of the late Kim Jong-il and the undeniable ed- evils of the United States. The most popular attractions include the Shung Wai Gai, or translated as Make Man Big, and an animatronic ride that depicts, depicts how Kim Jong-il cured dwarfism, and the Shuang Hong Mo Wai Uh, defeat the Western man is what it's translated (laughs)
0: to. This one's got to be real, too, because you're not creative enough to come up with these names.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, uh, an interactive uh, area where children can brandish toy rifles and bayonets and and attack a dummy uh, of a hapless United States soldier. Okay, Okay? that's a good one. Okay, number four, the Xing By the way, I heard that about me not being creative. Uh, That wasn't me. Okay. Don't go for my throat. (laughs) It's not the last Uh, onion roll. (laughs) Uh, The Xing Shan Amusement Park in Beijing. Okay. Uh, The Xing Shan Amusement Park in Beijing, sometimes referred to as fake Disney World, was opened in 1986 and is packed with Disney-like characters, seemingly without a care in the world about copyright infringement. (laughs) Okay. In 2007, after pressure from Disney World, many of the characters were destroyed, but there are still many rides with a nod to Disney. In di- front of the a-
0: children. Yeah. And the characters were destroyed in front of the children. This is what right. the Americans are making us do. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, now, they have a elephant ride called Dimbo, <laughs> which has a more than passing resemblance to Dumbo. Okay? Okay. So, knock off Disney World in Beijing, China.
0: It's like uh, – uh- the movie Coming to America. You ever see yeah, that?
1: McDavid's or, or Mc Mc whatever.
0: McDowell's, uh, you know, with the, <laughs> with the golden M's. I know. I yeah. Know. Uh,
1: All right. That, uh, one, that one could be fake. Okay. okay. Uh, Loveland Park in South Korea in Jaju, South Korea. Car- not South Korea, not South Carolina. South Korea. Loveland is an outdoor sculpture park in South Korea. That sounds kind of nice, yeah. right? Uh, the park's theme is sex and sex education. Uh, sex films play on a loop while there are various hands-on um, uh, uh, hands-on um, areas. Something called and even something called a masturbation cycle. Oh, nice! The park is home to around 140 sculptures representing humans. The cycle meaning th- like a bicycle. I don't know. It says a, yeah. a, a masturbation okay. cycle. I don't know. Um, 140 sculptures representing humans in various sexual positions as well as giant phallus statues and stone vaginas. So, Rick, you have got to pick from (laughs) the uh, border crossing uh, Mexican park, which is seven and a half miles. That's a big amusement park.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Bon Bon land where uh, where the main ride is dog fart switchback. And uh, was it Henry the farting something? Henry the farting dog. Yeah. The mascot. Yeah. the uh, North Korean uh, uh, supreme ruler's fun park, okay. where you can actually take a toy bayonet and spear an American soldier. Yeah. Uh, the knockoff Disney uh, World park in Beijing, and the large statues of vaginas and penises. I'm going to say the L- uh, the
0: knockoff Chinese one is the fake one. Nope,
1: that's, that's true. What that's about true.
0: the uh, what about the the Mexican one? That's real. What about what about the, uh, what was the last one again? The uh, the, the South Korean. The, the sex one. Yeah, that's real. Wow. The farting dog one? That's real. So the fake one is the Supreme yeah, Leader? But you
1: said that I wasn't great enough to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's the real one, baby. And even if it isn't true, it is true now. Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. Um, and the fake... The fake korean words that i just i don't know what i just made up sounds okay so okay. any korean i'm not making fun of the, this was for humor i wasn't making fun of your language it was purely for humor
0: okay wow well i, I have to take back my comment about the creative thing don't i yeah you really do yes okay well I, uh, I bow to your creativity and move on now in the show to our Just One Bad Century segment.
2: Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. So
0: big birthday this week in Cub land, uh, Dave. Uh, Ernie Banks, if, uh, if he were still around, would have turned uh, 86 years old
1: uh,
0: yesterday. So, Ernie, uh, of course, everyone's all-time favorite Cub, Mr. Cub. Not only a Hall of Famer, excuse me, the first African-American player to ever play for the Cubs, but I got a couple of early Ernie Banks stories to share with you. For instance, did you know that the way he became a Cub is kind of a fluke? At the end of the 53 season, Gene Baker was called up as the first African-American Cubs player. Gene Baker was also an infielder. Um, and they they needed to sign another black player – this is a true story – to room with Gene. And they got really? a tip – Yes. They got a tip that uh, Ernie was a decent player with the Kansas City Monarchs uh, in the Negro League, and they signed him to be Gene Baker's roommate. And right before Gene Baker was going to make his debut, he got hurt, and so Ernie played – as the first African American player, and that is how they got Ernie Banks, the best player in their history. They got him just kind of by mistake. Did they? Did the other guy ever? Yeah, he ended up playing like ten years in the in the big leagues and was a pretty decent player. Uh, the Cubs ended ended up trading him to the Pirates, I believe. But uh, that's how they got Bernie, uh, uh, Ernie. This is <clears throat> another story. They had no idea what they were getting in banks. In fact, one of the Cubs' coaches, a guy named Ray Blades, gave Ernie a book called How to Play Baseball, (laughs) even though he had hit 380 for the Monarchs. <laughs> uh, who wrote that book? Uh, I know. yeah And at uh, the time, Mr.
1: Mendoza. They you know, put him, you know, uh, know, he
0: was a shortstop when he first came up. And this was the real controversial part, was because shortstop was considered a thinking man's position. This is how freaking racist this country was yeah. at this time. It was considered a thinking man's position. And so Banks is the first African American major league history to play shortstop
1: on a regular basis. That's, well. Wasn't it in our? I mean, certainly in our lifetime, wasn't Doug Williams? Is it Doug Williams, the first African American quarterback? Uh, yeah, I think so. If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah, like in the eighties, right? Seventies, yeah. It 70, and, it, and um, and wasn't that was a knock.
0: That was a considered a uh, thinking man's position too. Although you can't have a black man playing quarterback. Yeah, tell that now. Uh, yeah. By the way, if yeah. you're a big Ernie fan, you should go to justonebadcentury.com because uh, we have a feature there called Every Cub Ever. If you look up Ernie, you can find all sorts of really cool old audio or video of Ernie uh, in action. Uh, highly recommended. Uh, So that is uh, this week's Just One bad Century. Time for our last feature, our celebrity feature. A random name pulled out of Rick's
2: bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave.
0: Okay, so this week we're not going to go through the picking of a name uh, because I wanted to tell the story of one of the great actresses that we lost this week. It was Mary Tyler Moore. Do you mind, Dave? No, not at all. Because Mary Tyler Moore was somebody that I just absolutely loved my whole life. She was Laura Petri, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh on the greatest television show ever. I still believe that the Dick Van Dyke show is the best show that ever was made. Without question. Ever. I, you know,
1: she, she may have been my first crush.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah. Between her and Donna Reed in It's a Ooh. Wonderful Life. Oh, uh, stop it. They were yes. perfect. Yeah. Um, the, the, she stopped becoming my crush when my mother started uh, dressing and, and 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 fixing her hair exactly the same way as <laughs> right. as Mary Tyler Moore. And then it's like, that, okay, yeah.
1: yeah. That's a buzzkill right
0: there. Yeah, man. that's not working for me anymore. Yeah. Um, but I did meet Mary a couple of times over the years. But I want to play a clip for you because John Landecker posted this the other day on the internet. And I was there for this. We had a chance to get Mary Tyler Moore on a satellite broadcast one time. And Valerie Harper, who played Rhoda, had just happened to be in town. And we were telling her uh, during our interview with her that uh, we were going to have Mary in a couple of days. And she goes, oh, I'm still going to be in town. Can I come and be part of that? I'm like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah. So Valerie Harper came in and she said, L- you know what? Let's punk her or uh, whatever. I probably didn't just use that term. Then. Yeah, right. Let you know. Let's play a a joke on her, and I will pretend to be your female sidekick, which at that time was uh, Vicky Truex. I'll pretend to be her because she can't see me, and then we'll do a bit that way. And John was, of course, okay with that. That sounds like a fun bit. And this is how it went. Are you playing it or me? I guess I'm playing it, right? I'll play it. Here it is. This is, this is John Landecker, Valerie Harper, and Mary Tyler Moore. It's our
1: pleasure to welcome to the program in Chicago, Mary Tyler Moore. Good morning, Mary.
2: Good morning, John. Uh, let's turn it over to Vicky and. Uh Vicki, I know you've got uh,
1: some questions for uh, yes, I Mary Taylor
2: Moore. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Vicki. How are you? Uh, uh, well, I'm so thrilled and excited because you're one of my favorite, favorite actresses in the whole Thank world. Thank you. That's you nice. Thanks was, a lot. I read the book in hardcover, and it was fantastic. I want to have a question for you, if I may. Um, yes. Everyone should read the book, but I want to ask you a, a question that has long bothered me. Of the wonderful supporting cast that supported you on the show, well, of course, you were the star, no question. But who was your favorite of those actors? I couldn't possibly choose a favorite it's see, like saying of your six brothers and sisters yes. which one is yes, your favorite But you see, know, you, there is a favorite and we know this I mean I know it I, I have people here at the station that I love everybody but I have favorites so yeah. I mean that's a little disingenuous of you don't you think to say that no, I've never been disingenuous. Okay. Don't start a fight with me, Vicky. Of uh, the men. Everything I say is true. Okay. I loved them all for their different aspects. Of the different women. Strong of the women. Point, point. Which was your favorite well, woman Oh, Well, of the women, certainly Valerie. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> you dirty dog. When did you get it? Hello? Is this you? Yes. She doesn't get it. <laughs> she didn't get it. She, didn't get it. she didn't get it. She didn't get it. She was doing it on her own. She was doing it on her own. Oh, um, yes. that's so yes. fantastic. Valerie, she's... What a wonderful <laughs> surprise
0: this is! There it is, Mary Tyler Moore and Valerie Harper, uh, along with John Records Landecker. This goes back to 1997 or 1998. And I think during that uh, during that clip, Dave has uh, crapped out, but that's okay because uh, we're done with Dave. If you like minutia men with Rick and Dave, be sure to check out uh, some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Uh, there's, a, there's a great show by Pugs Moran that we recommend uh, there's a show by Keith Conrad that is an excellent show great talk radio isn't dead it's just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com to find out more about Rick and Dave you can check out EckartsPress.com that's our that's our daily uh, website also Chicago Authorsolutions.com if you'd like to drop us a line men podcast at gmail.com Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with Opie Productions. We were distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutia Men.
2: The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Hey, hey, holy mackerel, no doubt about it, the cubs are on their way! Hey, hey!